Today, we're going to be talking about anxiety. And anxiety is something that we all, every so often, struggle with, many more than others. And, and it's not a, a, a thing that it's easy to, to just get rid of. When someone suffers from anxiety, they tend to feel like the anxiety takes over and it creates even more fear. And today we're going to be looking into the biblical response, a biblical answer to anxiety. But the world has different ways to deal with anxiety. And my favorite way is akuna matata. It's a wonderful world, that word. Akuna matata. Ain't no passing craze. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's our problem. Free philosophy. Akuna Matata. You probably heard of that before. It's on The Lion King and the movie that many of us grew up with. And Akuna Matata was something that they told one another every time they worried. But they soon found out that that's just not enough. They need to face their fears. They need to face their struggles. In 1988, there was a song that, um, there was a song that came out uh, called Don't Worry, Be Happy. And it's a song that puts us uh, smiling and, and makes us feel good about it. Because it says that we don't have to worry and be Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the Lord God of peace will be with you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We pray that as we look into anxiety and how many of us face anxiety in our lives, we pray that as we surrender, you fill that void. We come before you that we may realize what you have in store for us. And we pray these things in Jesus Christ, your Holy Son. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today we're going to look into a passage that speaks about anxiety and the solution and the answer of this deal that many times uh, takes over our life. So anxiety is something that comes into our lives. But what we see as we read this passage is that anxiety has an answer. And that answer is a relationship. A relationship is the answer. And we see through verses 4 that we start with rejoicing, but then everything else has to do with how can we know God and relate with God in a way that it becomes the answer for our anxiety. You know, the things that cause us to worry, the things that sometimes lead us to be anxious, the things that lead us to have fear are often things that we cannot control. Well, last Sunday we talked about how sometimes when we have anger or, or, or when we have rage or, or, or when there are situations in our lives that we are uh, facing that if we cannot control, we have to let God take the lead. Because if we can control, then we have to repent. We have to handle them. But if we can't control, we have to let the one who holds tomorrow control it. So the answer to anxiety is relationship. 
A worrying Christian is a faithless Christian, is a Christian that has no faith. And we look into this passage and realize that when we face anxiety, when we face situations that we cannot control, we are not letting God control those. So that's why it's so important. And when we surrender our worry and our anxiety, we become dependent upon God for this relationship. And also it becomes the peace that we read here. And, and the joy becomes a byproduct. But going before the Lord, going to Him and surrendering our anxiety to Him also provides Him with the ability to connect with us, take away our anxiety. It's about a relationship. It's not just us surrendering. It's about God leading us as well. But God knows about anxiety. He knows how it feels to, to see that what is about to happen is something we are uh, fearful of. An African boy uh, during uh, his school time uh, realized that his teacher's birthday was coming up. And on her birthday, many kids brought different gifts and he brought this beautiful seashell. Well, the teacher picked up the seashell and realized that the seashell was so beautiful, but she noticed that that kind of a seashell could only be found in this particular beach many, many miles away. And she held that seashell and said, son, did you walk all the way to that particular beach to get this seashell? He said, teacher, the walk is part of the gift. When we look into the cross and we think about the walk that Jesus did toward Calvary, that is part of the gift. And if we're talking about anxiety, if we're talking about fear without knowing what to expect, he knows anxiety as he walked carrying the item where he was going to die. And yet, he did that as a gift for us. So he knows anxiety, and that's why he wants to take our anxiety. And that's why he's asking us to surrender our anxiety. Because anxiety, and the answer for anxiety, is not just a surrendering, it's a relationship. Because the more we trust the one who created the world, the things around us make sense because he's a part of it. So God wants to be a part of our lives. And this is something that we read here. God wants to know us. He wants to connect with us. He wants us to focus on him and not only our relationship, but in his ways in his word, with his family, in his church, in his temple. And this connection makes his activity in our lives a part of what we do. A man was in an accident, and, and while he was in this uh, particular accident, uh, he was walking uh, in the aftermath, and, and he was just saying, oh my, my BMW, my BMW. And a police officer found him just wondering, so what's going on? Oh, my BMW. 
Like, sir, you have much more to worry about than your car. Look, you're missing your, your left arm. And he goes, oh my goodness, my Rolex. Oh, my Rolex. My Rolex. You know people that just worry about things, people that worry about their possessions, people that worry about, about the things they own and, and look at the stock market or, or, or look at how much money they're able to make and they're so focused on that, then they just worry about that. And God's like, why? Because I should be enough. Now, it doesn't mean that when we have a relationship, we do not have anxiety. It doesn't, doesn't mean that when we when we have a relationship, that we will stop worrying. It just means when we have a relationship with God, He will make it clear on what is important. He will make it clear that He holds the future. We will make it clear that He knows what is coming. Now, Paul believed the Lord was coming soon. Paul knew that Jesus was returning. So, he wasn't wasting any time with his churches and he was writing to the churches and saying you have to stop worrying and be aware that everything is done for God's glory and this church in Philippi was a, a wonderful church it didn't give a lot of trouble to Paul so Paul is telling them what is so important for them to remember and we read in this passage that when he writes he tells them Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Think about those things. Don't think about the things that worry. Don't worry about the things you can't control. Don't, don't have anxiety over the things that may or may not happen. But trust in God. Have faith. And do these things. Whatever you have learned or, or received or heard from me, Paul is saying, put it into practice. Whatever you have learned, put it into practice. So joy is less about emotion. When Paul begins by saying rejoice, joy is less about emotion and more about faith. Because when we have joy... When we are rejoicing, we're not rejoicing just because we, we are happy or things are, are going well. It's because we have faith that God will fill us with joy. We have faith that God will lead us. And what a beautiful thing to know that we have joy. Not because things are going well in our world, but because God is a part of our world. Not because things are going well in our life, but because God is a part of our life. And that's what Paul is trying to say. Don't worry. Don't get connected to the things of this world, but rely on your faith in God. Well, pastor, that's all wonderful, but how can we do this? How can we get rid of our anxiety? How can we get rid of our worries? Having a relationship is great. Well, this passage says that we have to begin. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So it begins with prayer. It begins with prayer. A woman went to her, uh, her British pastor and said, 
Pastor, should we really pray about the little things? Should we really pray about the, the little things in our lives? You know, does God even care? And the pastor answered in a very interesting way. He said, well, can you tell me or come up with anything that is too big in your life for God to handle? And she thought for a moment and she said, no. So you're telling me that there's nothing in your life that is too big for God to handle. She goes, yeah. So why would you not bring the little things and the big things to him? If he can handle all things, why don't you bring all things to him? You know, today, as we pray before, before our practice, we, we pray for technology. It's a little thing. But when it goes bad, we get anxious and, and upset. It's the little things. But when we come before the Lord and say, Lord, I want you to be a part of my life, it's not just on the big things. It's in the little things, in, in our everything. So it begins with, it begins with prayer. You know, when we come into this passage and realize that the antidote to anxiety is prayer, it's not a matter of exercise, of us praying, and how often we pray, but it's a matter of faith. It's that we have faith that God is going to take care of our worries. You know, if it hasn't happened yet, if it, if it has not yet taken place, why are we worried about it? If it already happened, why are we worried about it? And if we think about it, is Jesus the Lord of the present, of our present? Or is he the Lord of our past? Or is he the Lord of our future? He's the Lord of everything. But we honor him with our present. We worship him in our present, in what we have, in who we are. We let him take care of the future. And prayer humbles us. Prayer gives us perspective. It eases our mind because the more time we spend in prayer, the more we have the assurance that he is there. The more we have assurance that he's going to take care of the situations. So if we pray, God will take care of it. If we pray, our anxiety starts to be diminished because we take less responsibility for what we cannot control. So it is very important. And when we look into this passage, we realize what happens when we pray. Because it says, whenever you have learned and received and heard from me, sin and me, put it in practice. And then he ends with verse 9, and the God of peace will be with you. So when we release our anxiety, when we surrender our anxiety, when we come before the Lord and say, Lord, we pray that you would let me know that you are here, what's going to happen then so we're going to have the peace. So what we have to do, not only we have to begin in prayer, but we also have to experience the peace we were talking about. We have to experience the peace that, that, that God has for us. But experiencing peace is not just something we do by ourselves, like a kuna matata. We just live a, a problem-free philosophy. I would love to live a problem-free philosophy. And then I would be walking around like, I forgot their names, Bimba and 
whatever, and eating worms and, and insects. I would love to live a life like that. But to have purpose, but to have significance, we cannot live a life of a problem-free philosophy. We cannot do it on our own. We cannot just stop worrying and just be happy. It's a great song, but it doesn't work. But when we come before him and we surrender our anxiety, when we come before him and we surrender our worries, when we surrender our anger, when we surrender those things in our lives that are keeping us from having a true relationship with him, that's when we find and experience the peace he has for us. A widow raised a large family and she was interviewed by the local news station and they asked her, so how many kids do you have? And she said, I have six kids of my own. And, and, and then my, my, my husband passed away and I have adopted 12 more. And, and then you said, you have 18 people, but you look so calm, so confident, so worry-free. How are you able to do so? And she said, well, I, I'm a Christian and me and God had an arrangement. I told them that he can take care of my worries and I'll take care of my work. And I have been anxious free ever since. I've not been anxious ever since. He takes care of the worries. He'll take care of the future. I just keep on working. I am trusting in him. And I said, that is exactly what this passage is saying. We let him take care of our worries. We let him take care of our anxiety. We let him take care of our future. And we work on what he has for us, what he has, has in store for us. So Paul's letters were filled with adventures. Paul's letters were, were filled about God's provision. And we don't see him talking about his worries. We don't see him talking about his anxiety. We saw him talking about how often God provided. And that is the question that we tend to forget ourselves, isn't it? Because every time we're anxious, and if I ask you, think of the last time that you couldn't sleep because of something that you were experiencing anxiety about. The last time you, you couldn't even think because you were so worried and, and so filled with, you were so anxious. And what happened since? Oh, God provided. But how quick are we to forget the next time something worries us? Not only God provided, but how many times have we been anxious since that time? So we're always getting anxious because we forget that God always provides. We have a short-term memory for the good things, don't we? We remember the things and the times we were worried. But God is always providing. And that is why it's so important that we realize that He wants a relationship. That relationship would keep him with a hand on our worries and will lead us to just work and be with him. What else do we want? We have every reason to rejoice, every reason to know that he is with us. So I have a challenge for you this week. And the challenge is for you to embrace your joy. Embrace your joy. What a beautiful thing it is. Embrace 
your joy. And we read in verse 4, it starts, Rejoice in the Lord always. Not just when things are going well. Always. Rejoice in the Lord. Because there's always something that God is doing in your life you need to be joyful about. Always something wonderful that He's doing. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. It didn't say once. It said twice. Rejoice. This is important. When, when we read in the scripture, and I will say it again, it means that is important. Remember this. Rejoice. So we embrace our joy. And we read in this passage that it starts with verse 4 with rejoicing. And then verse 5, let gentleness be known to others. And then verse 6, pray and don't worry. Verse 8, do what is trustworthy, what is honorable, etc. And verse 9, put it into practice. So we have to put practice our joy. Because the world is looking at us Christians and all they think is the political stuff that, that they hear that Christians believe or, or cease to believe. But if the world sees our joy, they want to have what we have. The world don't want to go to church. The world doesn't want to, doesn't want to be a part of, of, of a religion. They want Jesus Christ. They want answers to their life. They want to have joy. They want to, to have a way to deal with their anxiety. But when they see that we Christians have joy, when we embrace our joy, they want to have what we have. And that's when we are able to open the door and tell them about Jesus and how Jesus is the source of our joy. Rejoice in the Lord. It's not to rejoice in the things of your, of your life or in your family or in your children. It's rejoice in the Lord. Because when we have joy, oh, we know. It is well. It is well in our soul. We know it is well in everything we do. So as you go this week, rejoice in the Lord. And I say again, rejoice. Because that will make it well. I'd like to have the worship team to come forward as we conclude with a word of prayer and a song. And as we look into this passage, and as we heard the word of God... May it stir your heart to let go of your anxieties. Trust Him for your, for your future. Let Him take care of your worries. And you will know that He is Lord. You will know that He is the God of your life that takes care of everything and lets you know that you are loved. And let you know that you are his. Father in heaven, we thank you for this passage. And we thank you that in the time of our anxiety on when we are anxious, that when we surrender, when we start with prayer, when we come and, and let you take care of these things of our lives, you will fill us with peace. And we will say it is well in our soul. So Father, today we pray that you prepare us for this world by filling our hearts with joy. And we ask this because we need you. We need your joy. So be with us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 May God the Father, who created each and every single one of us in his image that we may know him 
May his son Jesus Christ, who walked toward Calvary and facing great anxiety, was gave his own life for us that we may have eternal life and a relationship with him. And may the Holy Spirit be with you, not only now, but until he comes. Go in peace as you serve God and love one another. Amen.